Welcome to 40 Days to PMP Exam Success. It's day 17, and today we're talking all about risk. This is huge. We're going to spend a significant amount of time getting into the nuts and bolts and the definitions. There's so much stuff to cover. Let's jump into some multiple choice questions. Your project is part of a program, and on the top level, part of a portfolio. Some risks identified at higher levels are delegated to your project team for management, and some project risks are also escalated from your project to higher levels as they are best managed outside the project. This is an example of, is it non-event risk management, project resilience management, enterprise opportunity management, integrated risk management? Hit the pause button for more time. Now let's take a look at the answer. The answer is not A or B, neither is it C. The answer is D. Going straight to page 399 in the PMBOK guide, integrated risk management. Projects exist in an organizational context and they may form part of a program or portfolio. So have that in mind. And risks exist at different levels. Some risks, as you can read, will be delegated to the lower levels and some are escalated to the higher levels. And this coordinated approach to enterprise-wide risk management is integrated risk management. Let's take a look at one more before we jump into the content. You used some frameworks for identifying sources of overall project risk. The frameworks you need include PESL, TCOP, or VUCA as predetermined list of risk categories that might give rise to your project. This is an example of what? All right, hit the pause button for more time. And I will reveal the answer. The answer to this is not A or B, neither is it C. The answer is D. This is a prompt list. That's exactly what it is. If you haven't read page 416 of the PMBOK guide, I advise you to do that. And now that we're done with that, let's jump into our main lesson for the day. Hey, what's up my friends? How you doing? It's your buddy Phil here, project management trainer and coach. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the 40 days to PMP exam success. I hope you're doing well and I hope your studying is coming along good. Well, this is day 17. If you've been following the days, we're getting to the midpoint in the next three days. And today we are talking about a huge topic in the world of project management that has to do with uncertainty. It's called assess and manage risks. What is a risk? Let's address that first. A risk is an uncertain event that could impact a project positively or negatively. A lot of times when people hear about risks, they immediately think about the negative. But in this world of project management, we need to think about both the opportunities as well as the threats. So, let's boil down what the PMI tell us in the PMP exam content outline. 
Ironically, you only have two enablers for this task. Whereas in the PMBOK guide, you have seven processes for this risk knowledge area. The two enablers determine risk management options and iteratively assess and prioritize risks. Now, to be quite honest, that is a little bit too lame for the enormity of risk management. Let's take the process route and talk about the seven things you need to do in the world of risk management. Number one, plan risk management. Plan how to manage risks. In planning how to manage risk, you're gonna come out with a risk management plan that guides you step-by-step step what you are going to do. Part of your risk management plan could include your risk register format decided upon, your risk strategy, and your risk methodology. Now, what is the difference between strategy and methodology? Risk strategy is your overarching approach to managing risks. Risk methodology goes into the specifics of the tools, the techniques, and any methods that you will use to manage risks. But in plan risk management, you do all of these, and your major output is a risk management plan. Now let's go to the second process. It's identify risk, and this is where you identify all the risks, positive, negative. This is where you take a look at your risk breakdown structure format, which you should have already done in plan risk management. And this is where you begin to identify risks using those prompt lists or using the lowest level of your RBS as a checklist. You identify the risks, both positive and negative. You log them. You could also decide any preliminary approaches to dealing with them. But the bottom line is you are going to create a risk register and a risk report. When you're done with identifying risks, you move into perform qualitative risk analysis. And this is where you are analyzing the risk from a qualitative standpoint. You gotta remember that qualitative is that high, medium, low, or risk score, which is probability rating, times impact rating. You get a risk score and that risk score helps you to prioritize the risks based on score. Probability rating times impact rating. Now let's talk about the probability rating on a scale of 1 to 5 or 1 to 10. 5 is a high probability, let's say on the 1 to 5 scale, or 10 would be the highest probability on a scale of 1 to 10. And then as far as the impact on a scale of whatever it is, one to five or one to 10, on a scale of one to five, five would be a high impact on a scale of one to 10, 10 would be a high impact. So you multiply these, whatever scales you're using. And the key thing is you're gonna prioritize these risks. You're gonna rank the risks. And those that are ranked highly, you will do a further analysis on. Those that are not ranked as high, you're going to leave to fall to the bottom of the register. And we call that a watch list. So the bottom line is you prioritize the risks, you categorize them as well. And by categorization, you need to put them in buckets. Which one is a 
technological risk, which one is a business risk, and so on. Just think about your risk breakdown structure as giving you those buckets for categorization. When you're done with perform qualitative, you then move into perform quantitative risk analysis. And this is where the expert judgment comes in. This is where the question of the Monte Carlo or no Monte Carlo could come in because to do a really great job at quantitative, a Monte Carlo is desired. And that's why a lot of firms don't do quantitative risk analysis. They just don't because they don't have the bandwidth to do a Monte Carlo. They don't have the awareness or the knowledge. So perform quantitative risk analysis will look at the absolute probability using percentages and the impact in dollars. Whatever the impact is that you're looking at, it could be impact in dollars, it could be impact in resource hours, but the bottom line is you're going to find that impact and you're going to multiply probability times impact and you're going to get the risk magnitude. We also refer to risk magnitude as expected monetary value. Think about it like this. It's the aggregate effect of risks on the project. We're talking about the aggregate, the aggregate effect of all those risks on the project. Okay. There are many ways it can be done. To get more insight, I would advise you to go to the website palisade.com. That's P-A-L-I-S-A-D-E.com. They've got a brilliant website. They've got brilliant tools, Monte Carlos, add-ons to Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Project, that can help you assess the level of risks on your project and the exposure. It's a really awesome site. And they have webinars and they have the capability for you to get PDUs. So look into that after you get certified perhaps. After you're done with your quantitative risk analysis, which shows you the aggregate effect of risks on the project, we then move into what we call planning risk responses. And the plan risk responses process is one in which we are planning how to respond to the higher level risks that we have seen. And when I say higher level, I mean high impact, those that have a high EMV, expected monetary value. What we're gonna do is look at all these bigger risks and say, what are we gonna do about it? Yes, we know that it could impact the project, but what are we going to do? So you decide what you're going to do about these risks. Are you going to avoid? Are you going to transfer? Are you going to escalate? Are you going to accept? Are you going to mitigate? After you've decided what to do about these risks, you of course log the response strategy in the risk register. Some people refer to this as a risk response plan, but it's really a risk register. After this, you think specifically about who the risk action owner would be. By this time, you would have already thought about the risk owner. See, there's a difference between the risk owner and the risk action item owner. See? So the risk owner is decided Earlier on, you could actually do this in qualitative 
And you could think about it again here in the light of, okay, I'm the risk owner. Who is the action owner going to be? Who am I going to give the responsibility of the legwork to actually carry out this risk response? See? So risk owner and risk action owner, two different individuals. Now, some people say, Phil, we don't have that bandwidth for my project. I am both the risk owner and the risk action owner as well. And that's okay. As long as the work is being done, in all reality, on a lot of projects, the PM does almost everything anyway. So, after you have planned the responses for the negative and the positive, remember the positive? You also need to plan those. So, just to give you some guidance here, as far as the negative risks, I have a mnemonic, it's A-Team. Accept, transfer, escalate, avoid, mitigate. So it forms a mnemonic A-Team. For the positive risks, I have a mnemonic which is easy. It's a play on words. It's spelled E-A-S-double-E. -E. Easy. So, for easy, E, exploit, A, accept, S, share, E, enhance, and the other E, escalate. It's as simple as that. So just remember, you have the A team for the negative and you have the easy for the positive. Okay? It's important to know your responses and I would advise you to read in the PMBOK guide what the sixth edition gives you as examples for each one of those. So we've talked about plan risk management, talked about identify risk, perform qualitative risk analysis, perform quantitative risk analysis, we've talked about plan risk responses, and after you've planned risk responses, you've got to implement them. So we implement risk responses. Okay? Implement risk responses means you are carrying out that risk response. And this is where you leverage the skill of influence, to influence those who need to take action on a risk to actually do so. After you have implemented your risk responses, the next process and the final one is monitor risk. And we say monitor because you cannot control risks. So you monitor the risk, you keep an eye on them, you make sure nothing has changed. If anything has changed, then you need to act accordingly. For example, if a risk's impact has changed from being low impact to now significant, or if the probability has changed from being low probability to now significant, you make the necessary adjustments. Okay. This is where we do a risk audit to make sure that how we're managing risk is good. And this is where we do a TPA, a technical performance analysis, to make sure that technically speaking, we're achieving our milestones and there's no risk of us being thrown off our target date. So that's a long way of explaining task three from a predictive standpoint. You also need to be aware that risks, when they emerge, are no longer risks, when they actually materialize, when they happen, 
right? When the uncertain event is now certain, we call that an issue. So before an issue is one, it could be a risk if it is identified ahead of time. But not every issue is identified ahead of time. Some of them are just upon you. They are emergent, they just happen. But if you were able to track a risk prior and you carried out some attempt to mitigate it or to contain it in some way, if that didn't happen, if you were not able to contain it, maybe, just maybe, you could apply some sort of contingency. And if that didn't work, then there's something we call a workaround. A workaround is an unplanned response to a risk. So it's an unplanned response to a risk that has happened and the response that you first thought of didn't work or you just came upon the risk happening and needed to think on your feet differently from what you planned. You see, there's always an instance where your original plan didn't work for risk. And that's what we do with a workaround, okay? I hope this is all making sense. I know I'm throwing a lot of terminology at you today. In closing, in the world of Agile, the way we manage risk is different. The way we manage risk is through the events, the ceremonies, the flow, right? We do things in an iterative fashion. We do things repeatedly until they are correct. We also deliver incrementally. So Agile in and of itself, in its frameworks, has risk coping mechanisms built in. And you need to see it that way. Now that's not to say it's enough. There should still be an intentional discovery of risks. And when you discover risks on an Agile project, they should be logged and you should go after them before they become impediments. So what do we do? We put those risks in what we call a risk log and we create ideas of how to tackle these risks, how to contain them, how to manage them. And for that reason, we have a risk-adjusted backlog as a concept that you need to be aware of. Remember, we just have our product backlog that has all of those things we need to do, user stories, requests, and so on. But we actually look at the risks and say, how does this risk impact this backlog item? then we need to do some spike work to handle that risk before we can carry out that backlog item. So we have the concept of a risk-adjusted backlog. The risk-adjusted backlog is one that has been populated with a spike work, the risk work that we're doing. So any of those strategies that you need to take to deal with the risk, we put those in the backlog, and we ensure that those are done before the backlog item. All right, so I know I've talked a lot today about risk. I've thrown so many things at you, but at the same time, I want you to check out these definitions. Definition for residual risk, secondary risk, risk transference, and all of those other strategies. Make sure you read the examples in the PMBOK guide. And make sure you understand what risk seeking means. Make sure you know what risk averse means. And make sure you understand stakeholder risk tolerance. 
stakeholder risk appetite. Make sure you understand these terms because you very well could get these on the exam. All right? Make sure you read the definition of a business risk as well. And a pure risk. Just Google it. Google's your friend. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed today. Don't forget to do the open-ended questions that I'm going to put in this video, and it's going to help you master the content even better. Wish you all the best in your prep. You take care. Talk to you soon. All right, now it's time to get into the meat of the day with the open-ended questions. These are very heavily definition questions. You should be able to open up your PMBOK guide, whichever book you're studying, and use this as a checklist, okay? Use it as a checklist to dig deep and realize if indeed you have mastered everything that is on these six pages. This is a lot of questions. I know, it's a lot of stuff, but as you go through them, just ask the question, do I know what these are? Contingency reserve, trend analysis. What should the project manager do with unused contingency funds? I mean, this set of open-ended questions takes it to the extreme to ensure you truly have a great grasp of risk. One more question for the day. Your risk analysis shows that the risk item is a high priority opportunity and the organization wants to ensure that the opportunity is realized. This response strategy is referred to as what? Okay, hit the pause button if you need more time, my friend. The answer to this is exploit. This is the exploit strategy. The exploit strategy makes sure 100% that the risk does occur, okay? Remember, there's a lot more where this came from in the PMP exam immersion syllabus. Get the book, go to hpmexam.com and sign up for the training. In the training, you get the book, you get a lot of perks, you'll be able to join us in very regular touch point sessions to ensure that you have no impediments. We call it the daily scrums. You will be invited to those. So go on down to hpmexam.com. Sign up. We've got one coming up this weekend. And it will be such a pleasure to see you there. Okay? It's a half-day boot camp where we cover all the 35 tasks live. So if there are any questions or impediments, you'll be able to get answers immediately and be on the right track to success. Oh, and of course, don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.